ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is Janice Porter. I'm your host, and my guest this week is Jacqueline Wales, coming to us from down the coast in sunny California. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline. Terrific to be here, Janice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I want to tell my audience a little bit about you, and then we'll dig right in. I I love that you see yourself as an astute observer of behavior and are endlessly fascinated by the messiness of being human and find people who are vulnerable and honest about their struggles incredibly interesting and courageous. I love that. That's really cool. You are an author. You've written books, When the Crow Sings, The Fearless Factor, The Fearless Factor at Work, and your new soon-to-be-published book, Fearless Women Leading the Way. And you've explored human behavior, asked the tough questions to discover hard truths for more than 35 years. So you're obviously an expert in this. Um, and I, I wanted to say that I love that you are a nomad. You're a writer, you're a singer, and you've traveled um, through three continents and developed a passion for martial arts, earning a black belt in karate, and now you are an avid CrossFit athlete. I love it. I love this. You have kids, you've got a partner, and you say you believe that being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. And I think that's a great place to start. Fear is not the absence. Being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. Um, there's lots of acronyms around fear and what it means, you know, generally to people that people think about. So um, how does one move from being fearful to being fearless and being courageous? So here's one, you know, as I said, fear, fear is not, you know, being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step, as you mentioned. So when we think about why does fear matter to our success, which is a really key question in here, it's either going to be a driver or a barricade. Now, when I speak about the driver of fear, it's like an alarm bell that goes off in your, your mind, your body, whatever, that something needs to change. Mm. You've got to adjust your thinking, you've got to adjust your behavior, and you've got to get out of that piece because fear primarily is focused on the, on the future and maybe not a, a positive future. So we get caught up in, Will I still have a job? Will I have enough money? Will I have, uh, you know, the resources I need? Will I be in good health? You can build all kinds of stories because here's the bottom line is we're all master storytellers. And so I like to say that for the most part, for us educated, you know, people, fear is imagination based. Mm. So how do you move out of the fear is by analyzing the story that you're telling yourself. So I like to say, do you have empirical evidence for your fears? Now, for a lot of people, you've got domestic violence, you've got poverty, you've got the loss of a job and so forth. All of that is very real. I do not you know, undermine that for one minute. 
But the piece about that I'm talking about is most of our fears are made up stories that we put labels on trying to figure out why we're so damned uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. No, the you know, change is about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, so yes. So from from those that description, it's about you know looking inward. And mm-hmm. I think about um it's funny when I think about um, fear, I sometimes think about trust and I'm all about people and relationships. And I always remember, and I guess I'm remembering it because I saw somebody do this on, on something on television. I don't remember what it was just recently. Um, but it was that, uh, the trust fall, you know, where, you know, you have to trust that if you fall back, oh, it was, yeah, I know what it was. It was on a dancing with the stars or something where they were Somebody's going to catch you. Yes. And I remember doing that exercise in a personal development um, uh, week-long event that I was at. And I remember not being able to do it very well at all, always catching myself, not letting myself go. And I was afraid. And I, I, I think, I don't know why I got on this tangent, but it, it just reminded me. And I was thinking, now I think, why was I so afraid? Was it because I didn't know the other person that was supposed to be catching me well enough so I couldn't trust them? Or was it the story in my own head? Well, I will, I'll jump in on that one and say that primarily you didn't trust yourself. Ah, okay. This, okay. You know, trust, yeah. trust starts with self. You yeah. know, I learn yeah. how to trust myself, trust my decisions trust my actions, trust that I'm in the right right place at the right time, making the right moves, you know, but where we get off the, the, the program is when we start self-doubting. So, you know, the, the trust of somebody behind you, who's, who's been set up to catch you, by the way. Yes, you know, yes, yes. Are they gonna be strong enough to catch me or am I gonna end up on the floor? <laughs> So there's also a control issue in here too. Totally. Yes, you got it. Oh my God. You have to give up the control, you know, and that's a really hard one because the letting go piece, it's like, why do we hang on to behaviors and mindsets that no longer serve us? Because the letting go piece means that I have to redefine who I am and how I see myself and how I'm operating in the world. Now, this is a growth issue. Now, for many people, the fear piece keeps them stuck. I talked about barricades. Now, when I think about barricades and you think about, a, you know, some kind of revolution, what is a barricade? It's made up of bits and pieces, you know, old mattresses, boxes, you know, you name it. That's a barricade right there. Think about the clutter in your mind about what's going on, all the stories you want to tell yourself, all the ways in which you limit your experience of life. Oh, wow. Yes. That's, that's it. That's your barricades right there. Oh, wow. And I'm seeing behind you on your bookshelf, your book, The Fearless Factor. And I'm sure that, that you heard these stories over and over again about fear and how fear has stopped people uh, in their tracks. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's two fundamentals to fear. One of them is I'm not good enough. And that shows up a lot with people who have perfectionism as as a big piece of their lives. Now that for overachieving women, yeah, we know a thing or two about that one. The 150 percenters is what I call them, 150 percenter. So how do we loosen the the reins on that one? Because the standards we set for ourselves are generally very, very high. 
And what I like to say is that perfectionism is the enemy of excellence. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because there's no such thing as a perfect state on anything. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the Japanese art of the wabi-sabi, it's the art of imperfection. Now, you know, one of the images that was presented to me years ago was think of a Zen garden, beautifully mm -hmm. raked, rocks placed strategically, just totally peaceful and wonderful. But look off in the corner. There's a bunch of leaves over there. There's a bunch of stuff that looks like it's just kind of been dumped. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the image that I have of, of how we try to run our lives. Perfect. We're all perfect. We're all good. You know, we got everything organized. Well, let's scratch beneath the surface here and find out exactly what's going on. You know, yes. Ooh, well, do we really want to go there? Yes, you do. If you truly want to live up to your potential yes. and build the kind of life and relationships that you, that really matter, that's what it comes down to. It's funny because I, I think too of, of things that I'm not afraid to do. And like, I'm not afraid to go into a room full of strangers and go up to anybody and talk, start a conversation. And usually in five minutes, I know their life history because I'm able to bring that out in people. So I, I find, you know, that, and yet um, there are other things that I am really afraid of when it comes to um, people. And uh, I don't know what it is, but I, I think that, um, I, again, it goes back to what exactly what you said. I make up stories in my head that, you know, this, this person, I've maybe put them on a pedestal or, or I've, um, heard so much about them. I don't know if I live up to that conversation with them or not. Um, do you find that you've asked, okay, one thing it said in your bio, I've explored human behavior and asked tough questions to discover hard truths. What's one of the toughest questions that you ask people or that you have found that, that because how they answer them, you know, it was a tough question. Yeah, I think the question of, do you know, do you feel like you're good enough hmm. is a really tough question for a lot of people, you know, because on the outside, the answer to that is, well, of course I am. Right what's happening internally that undermines that what's happening internally that causes self-sabotaging behaviors what happens internally when you are constantly trying to prove yourself to other people and that's very much about i don't feel good enough and, and that you have to get real about you have to get really real about and it's it's an uncomfortable place to be so have you found when you've asked people that question that you generally can read them and maybe they're telling you one thing, but you know, there's something else going on and then you bring it out or do you stay away? Well, I, I have, I have two things at my disposal. One, I'm highly intuitive. Mm -hmm. So you tell me a story and I'll tell you whether I see it as the truth or not. And I'm, I'm known for being no bullshit coach. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's like, I'll kick your ass if I need to kick your ass. And, <laughs> you know, that's why I'm here. Right. Um, it's about change. The other side of that is I do these behavioral assessments where um, people will do three, there's 360s and people will do their own self-analysis and then they get feedback. And I use a, a tool called the Lifestyles Inventory from a company called Human Synergistics. Mm. It's 12 behavioral styles. 
And you get really granular in each of those behavioral styles. And what I've found after doing hundreds of them is that there is always on the negative side of things, the passive defensive, aggressive defensive, there's always fear underneath that. Mm. So we mentioned perfectionism. Let's take the other extreme of passive defensive approval. Mm. Now I have clients who are so off the charts on approval that everything's about pleasing other people and I come last. Right. And why is that? Because I want people to like me and I want to make sure that I'm safe because other people like me. Because safety is a big piece of the fear equation too. If I, I don't open up, you know, how many women don't speak up in meetings Right. because they're afraid that if they open up, they're leaving themselves open to rejection, to judgment, to criticism and, and ultimately being dismissed. Or maybe they're just going to say that they're an introvert. And so that's not what they do. But is that, what do you say to that? Well, if it's if you're an introvert and that's not what you do, there are other ways for you to build the relationships and you're all about relationships rules. So, you know, as an introvert, you're going to be making less noise. I mean, I consider myself an ambivert. You know, I can sound and look like I'm as extroverted as I can be, but I like to be alone, too. And yeah. if I'm in a crowd of people all day long, I go to my room at night. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah, I don't want to talk anymore. I'll talk until I'm, you know, and I can talk yes. all day, frankly. But the point being is for an introvert, it's about building your relationships and your allies and your champions. So that even if you don't personally have a loud voice in the room, you've got other people who will, will help you articulate that. That's great. That's great advice, actually. Yes, for sure. Um, so your new book let's talk about your new book when's your new book coming up probably next summer the way things are going right. so yeah. i was um very flattered actually and fortunate to be one of the people that you interviewed for your research and i love that and and um you're still in that phase i think for your yeah. book the fear it's uh fearless women leading the way so you're looking at women who are successful or on the road to being successful as entrepreneurs as business owners uh, any tell me it's, more it's across a wide spectrum um it's it's people in women in organizations who have reached maybe a senior level in their you know they're either svp level or their director level and above um as well as entrepreneurs and i've interviewed people who created startups who are maybe in their second or third round of funding, mm -hmm. uh, which is always exciting to see. Uh, I've, it's really across you know, education, uh, health, medicine, uh, technology, manufacturing. I spoke to somebody the other day who was talking about the uh, supply chains. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, we know supply chain right now is, is yes. a topical subject. Yes. Uh, but I had a chat with her because she has a very successful supply chain company. And um, so, yeah, it's it's been fascinating to me to do these interviews with these women uh, and find out, you know, what what actually is is going on uh, for them as they as you know, I interviewed you, too. So the first question is always, where has fear limited your opportunities mm -hmm. now? Every woman I've interviewed and I've done 40 interviews so far. <laughs> 
has told me a story about how they held back, yeah. how they didn't have a voice, how they didn't make decisions, how they left the decisions to other people and so forth until finally they managed to, to find their voice and, and step forward. Um, and I think that's always been really fascinating to me because when, even when people say to me, well, I don't have any fear, mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, have you had moments of anxiety or, or second thoughts or some kind of discomfort around whatever was gonna take place? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's a different label. You know, that's all it is. It's a different label because it's an emotion. That's what we're talking about here is a, a primary emotion that is is so primary. It's you're in it before you even realize you're in it. And well, then you I, have to take a step back. Right. I find that um, being, an, being a, a solopreneur, that that happens constantly because you're having to make decisions about how you do things, <laughs> excuse me, every day. And I don't know sometimes where to turn to say, oh my God, am I making the right decision? And, and I step back and go, well, maybe I won't make that decision today, right? Fear of moving forward, fear of, you know. Um, and one of the things, can you speak to this? So some people say, you know, fear of failure. And I always see fear of success as being the issue for me, not seeing beyond. I can't you know, when people say, do your five-year goals, do your, I could never see that. It was not something that was easy for me. So is that because I was coming from fear or because my background was um, more linear? Because it was, I mean, I was a teacher. I was a trainer. I didn't have the background in business when I started working for myself. It was trial and error all the way. Mm -hmm. Well, I can certainly relate because my mine's was the same story. You know? ah. Okay. I started this, um, you know, back in, and I was quite late when I started this. I was 54 years old, and I've been doing this for 16 years. So do the math, you know. Um, oh, we, but can, when we, I, can relate. we can relate. Yeah. We can. Um, but the point being is that, you know, I found it is trial and error. And as a solopreneur, also, uh, we have to get comfortable with risk. And here's what I, I created my acronym for risk is respect your intention and show courage. Mm -hmm. Respect your intention and show courage. Cause that's exactly what I'm saying about being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. So you have to respect your intentions. If this is what I'm going to do, there's no guarantees. We know that as a solopreneur in life in general, it's all uncertain. You know, God knows I could be sitting here and there's a massive earthquake takes place, you know, and then your life is, is all turned upside down. And I've had plenty of moments like that in my life for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the resilience factor is what allows us to keep walking that. And it was interesting because one of my questions is, what is your fearless factor? And people will say to me, what do you mean by that? And I go, so how, when fear shows up in your life, that discomfort, that sweaty palms, that thing in the stomach that's going, the brain that's keeping you up at three o'clock in the morning, it's all fear-based. And trust me, I've lived it. I know it. I can absolutely see it in my, my mind's eye at any given time. But the point being is the courage you show to take that next step is really what will define the fearless factor for you. Mm -hmm. So people will tell me it's determination, it's resilience, it's a just do it. It's, uh, you know, 
if I fail, I get up again. And to your point, the fear of failure is critical because I hear this over and over again. What's your greatest fear? Failure. Mm -hmm. So how many of us are failing our way to success? Because the failure and success coin are the same thing. It's just, you know, let's flip it. Yes, okay. It's all, it's all about change, okay? Yeah. So if we're all failing our way to success, think about failure this way. It was a choice, a decision, an expectation that did not go the way you had planned, period. So what's, what's the choice after that? Next, right. what do we do next? On the fear of success side of things, well, if I'm really successful, my life's going to change. Uh, duh. Yes, <laughs> it will. And so how comfortable can you be with that change process? And again, to your point about not having a vision of three years down the road, don't know what the hell that looks like. You know, it's, we all make up stories about what we think we would like to have. And hopefully it's a positive impact or a positive vision of where we want to go. I mean, I look down the road now, I'm about to turn 70, which just blows me away because I think I'm putting a seven in my numbers here, you know, it's crazy. But I'm also looking at the 10 years ahead of me because I'm a, I'm a big picture thinker. I can see the big picture. For me, I've had to develop the skills to get into the minutiae, to get down into the granular stuff. That's really hard for me because I'm That's a creative. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm always, you know, out there. So my 10 year vision is pretty clear uh, at this point. Now, will I reach it? I don't know. All I can say is I'm making moves right now that will hopefully lead me to where I want to go based on the vision that I have. But to your point, you're a linear thinker, you know, A leads to B leads to C and so on and so forth. So you're probably fabulous on strategy. You're fabulous on, on, on lining up the dots so that things get done. Um, you have to take a leap yes. to, to take that, you know, three years from now, what would make me happy is really the big question. Mm. Make me really happy. Because, you know, frankly, we don't want to keep working this hard for the rest of our lives. Right. Uh, no, we've already worked really hard to get to where we are right now. So create a vision for yourself that that gives you joy that that will will make you happy and at the same time feel like you're fulfilling a purpose because we all need to feel that yes and that um that's something my daughter one of my daughters said to me the other day something about um mom why are you still working well it keeps me young it keeps me alive it keeps me energized it keeps me current right relevant all of those things that are for me right and i i thought that was kind of weird when she said that actually because you have to walk the walk right first before you realize that i mean she's in the prime of her work career and um and had a few you know learning um uh, experiences along the way and and something you just you said earlier too about the failures and the things that we try and we that to me that you know they're they're learning experiences i get that and i have right to move me don't make the same i know i i remember many many years ago when i was first learning how to play bridge 
And the person that was teaching me was my first husband. And we used to, he was a good bridge player, but that was a big mistake. And one of the things he used to say to me, not in a very nice tone was, I don't care if you make a mistake, but don't make the same mistake twice. And he was right in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it scared the shit out of me for a while, but um, you know, it wasn't a nice way to teach somebody. But um, but the essence of what he had to say is true. Don't make the same. You learn from your mistakes and you move on. You do it differently. You try something new. And I think, yeah, and I think it's important to be able to try new things, although I don't like the word try to experience new things um, and learn from what you what didn't work before. Right. So and to your your point on the word try, I say the greatest failure is not to try. So at least I gave it a shot. You know, and, and that's what I said to, to my kids. When I die, if you want to put up some kind of stone, uh, you can say she gave it her best shot. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what all of us could say. Yeah. She gave it my best shot. But to, to the point of, you know, as we're on the subject of failure, when people have a very analytical mindset, i.e. they cross the T's, dot the I's, make sure that everything is lined up. Failure is a hard one for them. You know, it's like, I cannot make a mistake. How many people were told when they were young that mistakes were not allowed? Yes, yes. Um, and how much of that drives their behavior going forward in life? So when you're, you're holding on tight to mistakes are not allowed, you're missing incredible opportunities to, to learn and grow. And of course, I like to say, if we're not growing, we're dying because we're all organic beings. And so, you know, where are you taking the opportunity to grow? And for me, it's about show up for your fears and grow beyond them. Show up for your fears and grow beyond them. Love it. Yeah. So you are sitting in front of an amazing array of books. Some I think are your books. Some I think are books that you've read. So do you still, are you a reader of real books or on your channel? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm always learning. I never stop. You know, the, the book that's to my right at the moment is The Ultimate Marketing Engine by John Jens, who's written quite a few, you know, the, the, uh, I can't remember something to do with band-aids or something like that. But anyways, um, I just read Dory Clark's The Long Game. Yeah, I've got to read that. That's on my list. Yes. Everybody loves and it's it's an absolute brilliant primer on how one to think about building a business. And it is a long game, not a, an immediate thing. And it's multiple streams, right? Multiple streams. Multiple streams, absolutely. You know, we have to look at all the angles of how we, we create revenue or we create our authority, which is really, you know, why I'm here talking to you, which takes a while to build. I mean, if somebody had told me 10 years ago that I would be at this stage with everything that I've created and including two books on the fearless uh, piece uh, with the third one in the works, I would have gone, yeah, right, you know, kind of, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but that that was really addressing the part of people who said to me, why are you playing so small? Mm -hmm. And I would say at the time, I'm not playing small. I'm, you know, I'm doing the thing. And they would go, yeah, well, you've got a big personality, but we're not seeing it in full bloom. So, you know, but that takes time to evolve. So there's a long game with Dory, Dory Clark. Um, uh, Ellen Snee's book, she's somebody you should interview. Um, she is a uh, women's leadership person mm -hmm. who has written a book on how highly accomplished women 
claim their authority. Mm. Now, this is a woman who started out as a nun and uh, went on to, to do some really phenomenal work with women's leadership uh, across many different spectrums. But that's the one I just read yesterday. So, oh yeah, okay. always reading, always reading. And then we've got Robbie Samuels, who you interviewed yesterday. His new book's out, so I got to read that one too. Yeah. It's it's good actually. It's quite good. I read it, but I I have to go. But his book is one you have to go back and read again because you have to implement. And his his strategies are all out laid out for you, which is really cool. I mean, we talk about, you know, giving our best stuff away kind of thing. And I think he does that in this book, which is great. Um, so you're a singer. Yeah. Uh, there was something I read somewhere else about your singing. Um, now, it might have been on your website, and I can't remember what it was. But tell me about, are you still singing? in the kitchen. <laughs> Did you sing professionally? Um, I sang, my, my biggest claim to fame is that I trained professionally as a singer for 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, I did some minor pieces here and there, but I was a cantor for uh, my holiday was. services in Paris and Amsterdam for five years. First in a, of all, in a synagogue? In a synagogue, yes. yeah. Uh, it was a small Franco-American synagogue and the rabbi came to me one day and he said, we need a cantor for the high holidays. And I looked at him and I said, what do I know about Jewish liturgical music? And he said, well, you can sing and you, you can definitely go learn. And, and I said, there you go. That's what everybody always says to me, go learn. So I go learn and uh, it, it turned into some of the most profound music that has ever come out of my mouth um, over that period of time. And then when I moved to Amsterdam, uh, the rabbi there had met me in Paris and said, I'd really like you to, to come and do the high holidays for us. So it must have been a reform synagogue then. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure what denomination it was, but they were definitely on the fringe, put it that way. And, and were, men and women were in the, in the audience together. Oh yeah. This was definitely not uh, your typical Orthodox, Orthodox experience. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it, it was it was quite an honor and, and a privilege, but, uh, you know, I would say I should sing more because I have been blessed with a decent voice, but I've got other things I need to be doing. <laughs> I always remember when I was a kid being told that I was tone deaf, and so I never wanted to sing. I was always afraid to sing because I couldn't carry a tune, or so they told me. And, and later in life, when I started to, when I had kids and more now, when I have my grandchild, I notice I can sing, I can carry a basic tune that, so I can't be tone deaf. And when I hear you play a wrong note, I can tell you that that was the wrong note. So how could I be tone deaf? And I let that rule for so many years that I, I don't know where that came from. My mother, maybe, I don't know. It was really weird. You know, you're bringing up an important topic, which is that when we consider the negative voices in our head that tell us that we can't, that we're not capable, that that you'll never succeed, blah, blah, blah. Um, you have to ask who's doing the talking. Yes. Because nine times out of 10, you didn't set that message up. Somebody else kind of planted a little seed there that you allowed to grow mm -hmm. and it took over. You know, it's like weeds. 
and we have a lot of weeds in our minds. So, you know, how do you, you clear out the weeds so that the real plant can grow? Exactly. You know, and I think that's a nice image right there. Um, one of my mentors, um, the uh, CEO of Send Out Cards, Cody Bateman, and I, I use this example all the time because I truly believe it now. And he always says, the stories in your mind become the stories of your life. And so when I come across someone who's doing what I was doing in that respect, in that type of story, I always tell them, you can change that story, change the story, just like that, change the story. I know there's other stuff that goes along with it, but start by changing the story because it will help. I, I, you know, I, and I do this, I mean, with clients, for instance, I'll have them sit down and write a narrative of their ideal self. No, no, like just make it up, third person. Don't even go I, 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 you're in third person. Put a name on it. If it doesn't have to be your name, it can be anybody's name, but put a name on it and build the narrative of who that, you know, what that ideal person wants, needs, looks, feels like, blah, blah, blah. It's a very in-depth exercise, but it's a really good game changer for you once you've created that and not to be looking at reality, by the way, it's about, right. you know, let's, it's a narrative. It's a write a story. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, we can change the stories, but so much of our stories are in default mode. We're in the story before we even realize we're in the story, but over time, if you pay attention, you can catch yourself. You can catch yourself when you tell yourself you're stupid. You can catch yourself when you tell yourself, well, you should have done that better. Or you catch yourself when you're, you're really being the harsh critic on yourself and you turn yourself into more of a sage, which is the wise person who says to you, yeah, you know, you didn't really want to go there, but next time you might catch yourself a little bit more. So, uh, you know, the one of the things I like to say is being compassionate with self is a critical issue that's a big relationship piece right your relationship with self you're being compassionate yeah. with yourself don't beat yourself up right because what i say is we're all used to the two by four syndrome <laughs> up the side of the head yeah, yeah we've all done that many many oh. times yeah. so how do we turn that into heart how do we we bless the the mistakes how do we bless the areas where we feel like you could have done that better uh, with kindness and with compassion. And it took me a long time to finally figure out that piece because it doesn't come naturally. Uh, you know, and I like to say, how can we learn how to be your own best friend? Because mm. we all know how to be our own worst enemy. Yes. Super well. Yes. Yeah. Such great advice. I love this, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to ask you my favorite question, two parts. Um, first of all, um my favorite word is curiosity do you think curiosity is innate or learned and second part what are you most curious about right now so the first part of that is i think we, we come into the world curious watch your baby explore watch your toddler you know checking things out um look at children in classrooms when they're you know four five six seven they have lots and lots of questions. The hands are always going up. Yes, miss, miss, miss. I have the answer, miss. Let me go. So, um, but what happens is we get a lot of criticism. No, that was the wrong answer. No, that didn't work right. So what happens? You start to shut up. And as adults, 
we are no longer as curious as, as we were when we were children. So I don't believe that, you know, I believe you're born with curiosity for obvious reasons. And I believe that we're also drummed out of it. We have to reclaim it, reclaim your curiosity. In fact, I write about that in the fearless factor at work. Okay. Curiosity is an essential part of growth. Yes. What does that feel like? You know, uh, am I going to feel good about this? I don't know, but you know, am I willing to explore? Yeah. I mean, my curiosity has led me to some real dark and dingy places at times, but, uh, it's all in furtherance of the learning of, you know, what do I want? So to the second part of your question, what am I curious about right now? Um, I'm curious to see ex exactly where what I'm doing right now is going to land because I'm doing all kinds of new projects that, uh, you know, are bringing together pieces that I've created in the past and putting a new format around them putting a new new spin on them and taking it out into the world. Um, and that, as I said, for me is curiosity about, so what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> so as, as well as being an author, you are also then a business coach, yes? Or yes, yeah, uh, I, would, I would say, I, I, I'm using the term trusted advisor. Oh, I like that, okay. I, I give my clients a lot of advice on life. And as you can tell from this conversation today, I, I've got plenty to say. So well, and I like to say that, um, because I know we're of the same vintage, that we have the wisdom that we need to be able to be that trusted advisor. So I, I like that. I like that term. And I think it puts you in a special, a special category as well, which I love. Well, thank um, you. Yeah. So, uh, I think, do you know who, like, who's your favorite type of client? I have to say my favorite type of client is a smart, accomplished woman who is kind of like me. I'll be honest with you. Who's been yet, bold, bold enough to, to, you know, take giant steps to get where they want to go but may in fact to still be struggling with that self-doubt, maybe struggling with, am I really bringing the best of me to the, to what it is that I want to do? Um, and so again, clearing up the stories of the mind that, that might be holding them back. But I, I, I've worked with an awful lot of really super smart women, smarter than me. And I, you know, I just love the conversations that take place. They're, they're wonderful. That's I mean, I'm working with scientists right now and because uh, I'm part of a pro bono program out of Australia, which is women in STEM. So uh, oh. I, you know, I'm working with these scientists. I mean, don't ask me what they do. I have no idea. I know one of them is a maritime lawyer, but other than that. You just reminded me of someone that you should meet. Okay. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your wisdom. And I'm very excited to stay on track and, and uh, follow when your book comes out, your newest book, uh, Fear, Fearless Women Leading the Way. That's what it's going to be called. And we'll, we'll look for that next summer. In the meantime, where can people find you? And I will put it in the show notes. Terrific. You can find me at my name, JacquelineWales.com. And uh, there's a whole bunch of resources and other things on there that you can take part in. And for your audience, Janice, 
there are courses on my 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 website right now that are 147 dollars wow. here's what i'm going to suggest is whoever's listening to this if you're interested go to the website put in the code jw21 and you can get access to those programs for free oh my goodness magic that's very kind of you thank you very much it's resources and and i want to help you know people to do, develop whatever there's one on resilience there's one on self-awareness there's one on communication uh you know there's there's a bunch of ways in which you can start thinking about life differently awesome thank you so much jacqueline and thank you again to my audience for listening for being loyal and you know the best way to let us know your thoughts on this episode is to leave a review subscribe and leave a review and tune in next time. And in the meantime, stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.